This is Captivated Minds. I'm Stan. I'm Jake. And this is part three of our Russian Roswell. Yeah, we, we haven't talked about Russian Roswell in a little bit. We have this one and one more episode coming up in this series, and we're going to end it on four parts of Russian Roswell. This is a really big series. I thought, I mean, we explore a lot of stuff in this one. I mean, and technically, we could make this a 10-part series. We could come back to it, too. Probably. Yeah, yeah we could definitely we come, come back, back to, to this it. one. Um, but this is by far my favorite like alien thing because oh, it's Russian so, Roswell because it's so fascinating it is and what bothers me the most is we they, can't speak russian they well there's that there's that we can't do russian yeah, very well words yes right but they know how to do aliens as in like they they asked the public for help that's right they didn't keep it from anyone. The news, we talked like, about this with the news, they had so much information that they just publicly put out there. Hey, we saw things fall from the sky. When we did Roswell, the media was the exact opposite. We, there was nothing. It's a weather no, balloon. It was, well, they what, had that small little leak saying, hey. But and, they retracted it, though. Remember? But then they had to retract, retract it. it. Yeah. Oh, it, it came to be a weather balloon or whatever. These, these guys are like, hey, we don't know what this is. That's right. We need help. <clears throat> Please help us. Like, please, if you've seen something like this or know anything, like, help us. That's what, they, that's what they're doing. Yeah. They needed help. So, to me, it's like, this is the only reason I would want to be a Russian. Yeah. Is the fact that they... Well, KGB spy. Yes. Yep. KGB spy would be fucking cool. Would be cool. Yeah. Just, I mean, just the name, KGB. You yeah. know what I mean? That's so yeah. much better than CIA. <laughs> I mean, we could do a KGB series. A whole, Ru- be... whole Russian or a KGB, both. Yeah, both. That'd be kind of cool. That would be kind of cool. So on the next couple episodes, just be on the lookout for more alien-related movies and our uh, Conspiracy Corner episode as well. On the last episode, we talked about some of the smaller findings as well as Hill 611 being a major hotspot for extraordinary activity. We go from a single sphere at 611, Hill 611, to two spheres. From two spheres to 32 spheres, all in a matter of days, which is extraordinary. I mean, it's unbelievable that there's that many spheres coming to this one location within a week. Awesome sight to see. It would have been a beautiful sight to see. (laughs) There's also a thousand foot long ship witnessed by the locals uh, days later as well. We also discussed the strange after effects on the local plant and animal life after the crash, too. Let's continue with part three and see what other thing, strange things occurred in Russia. I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know what to do. What, what I would like to see the most, I wouldn't know if I'd want to see the thousand-foot ship first. Or the other... Or, like, the 32 like, spheres, spheres. Making the light show in the sky. I think the thousand-foot ship would be pretty dope. I mean, the way it came that close, though, you probably would crap yourself oh yeah definitely i'm like what the-, the thing is i would crap myself proudly yeah if something like that was to happen i was so memorized where i crap myself <laughs> like you get a like thousand foot ship just come like close it's, the, to- it's the poo note from south park yeah like if, i'm if, i'm for it it's just so close it can almost like hit you <laughs> right. what do you what do you do like touch it almost uh-huh. no some ideas are put out there that the Soviet Union was pulling a fast one over the eyes of its citizens. Now, let's just think about that for a quick second. While one sphere object could have been made in Russia, sure, that is plausible. 
This, this single sphere could have been a military drone. All other spheres, uh, cylindrical and or cigar-shaped objects, could not have been made by humans due to the silence when these objects were flying. The front of one ship in particular is described as burning metal, and as far as I know, no ships can have or recreate that burning metal kind of look, not even in 1986. If and only if Russia did have these silent flying devices, they could have easily have won the Cold War. Well, yeah, and even the the uh, <clears throat> what those little spheres were made out of that we talked about in the last episode, the right? The material, yeah. The material and stuff. They would, if they were like Russian or whatever, you're, you're absolutely right. I think the Cold War would have turned hot. And Very quickly. They would have won. That's right. If they had this type of technology. Yeah. I didn't, of course, we've talked about this as well. We're like, this is during the Cold War and stuff. At first, they would probably have assumed that it was an American thing. Maybe. <laughs> oh, probably, yeah. You know, American are they, attack. Are they American spying on us with some sort of thing or, or whatever? But I bet you deep down they found something. That probably they didn't disclose. Yeah. But, you know, I'm thinking maybe a body or something. That I mean, that would have been cool. Because I, I think if they really did genuine think it was an American or, or something like that, I think they would have gone after us anyways. Like, they would have turned it hot anyways. But you're right. If they had this type of technology, we, we probably would be speaking Russian right now. Well, what kind of technology do we, did we pick up from Roswell, though? That we don't really fully know about either. We know that's, we picked up something. That's true. But it's one of those, like... Instead I of hate, being a nuclear war, I would it be hate, an alien I war? I hate to p- paint this picture all the time. I really do. I, yes, we are Americans. But yes. to me, we're not always that good. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's almost like, okay, did we... We could have gotten technology from Roswell and kept it a secret... And not use it for bad, which is very true. That's right. That's right. But it's the same with the Russians. I think we paint the Russians as this, like, tyrant, these, like, disgusting people. I mean... Communism is bad. Communism is bad. bad. Let's put it that way. (laughs) And the things that are going on in, like, Ukraine right now is, like... Not good either. Heating up, right? Yeah, it's not good either. But it's the same thing. If they had... It's one of those, like... If they had the technology to beat us, would they use it? Or I, I would say or so. would they hold on to it because they don't want everyone to know that they are this powerful? Or are they accumulating more and more technology until they're right. up until, to the point until they're up to the point where, where they, it's like we don't care now, we can right. do what we want. That's true. I mean I mean look at look at the Nazis during World War Two. Honestly, the like the Nazis were so advanced. They created some of the... Von Braun. Right. Yeah. But they created some of the most terrible things. But... We brought them back. We... we yeah. Grabbed, we, we grabbed them to use good. That's we, right. I mean, they, we, we, the we, Nazis launched us to the moon. Yes. But we also <laughs> picked the Nazis to help us fight the communists. So, which, <laughs> which one is worse? Yeah. Nazis or... They're both evil, but we're yeah. going to use one evil we're to fight off the other it. evil? Yeah. Like, come on. Dr. Zavini, Zavini, the lead investigator on this incident, reaches her final thoughts regarding what happened. 
She concludes that the first fear that crashed, w- uh, crashed was probably uh, a probe of some kind. From her statement, she calls it a malfunctioning probe. The search and uh, reuse done by the subsequent ships also makes a little bit more sense now. The probe could have also been functioning normally. It crashed once, became damaged, began to melt, and then began to malfunction. There's also very different opinions as to what truly crashed that night as well. I like that theory. I really do. But I don't think it was an unmanned drone. You know what I mean? To me, whatever this is, right? Let's say they are alien. Definitely. Okay? To me, it's like this thing crashed, so they sent a search party to, like, save someone Mm -hmm. or something, right? Where if it was, like, an unmanned drone, yeah, you maybe want to go to make sure it's completely destroyed or pick it up. But you wouldn't, I wouldn't think you would send so much no. to it. Where this seems like they're missing someone. Some so they're, thing, they're yeah. sending everything they have to search for, for which makes sense. whatever it is. We now have a journalist who is an expert in, on aircraft and uh, comes forward with their opinion. Their name is uh, the journal. The name of the journalist is V. Uh, Pilstromaskov. I messed mess that up. Uh, Parmesan. Yeah, <laughs> Vinny Parmesan. He's Italian, but he yeah, lives in Russia. But he's Russian. Uh, he has an idea to what happened. Uh, he thinks that the sphere that crashed was a new type of spy vehicle. He also believes that any and all debris found found at the scene is actually old technology that Russia has had since the 1970s. There's also one key flaw with this theory, and it is what kind of a deal breaker. All of the Soviet probes were rigged to explode if they ever crash landed. This object fell once, got back up, fell again, and then something happened. From what we can tell, the first object that landed is not a Russian probe. Okay. So if a Russian probe, if, if crash, a Russian probe crashes, it it has a self destruct. That's correct, according to Vinnie Parmesan here. <clears throat> but, but, you're right. If it crashed and then hopped back up, it's not a Russian. It's probe. not a Russian probe. probe. So it kind of this little bit of information kind of tells us what it isn't. It doesn't tell us what it is, but it tells us what it's not, and it's Wait, not a Russian probe. See, and I like this, right? It's. What, what's awesome about this, it's not a weather balloon. No. You know what not, I mean? It's not a weather they're, balloon. They're literally telling you, if it was Russian, this is what, what would have happened. happened. That's right. It, they're literally going through all, all that stuff where we, as Americans, would have... Weather balloon. Would have been like, well, you know, we have a drone that does this. Yeah. So I think that's what it is. It's just a down drone. Yeah. Fucking weather balloon. But you know what I mean? These guys are literally going, hey, everyone, listen, these, this is the technology we have. This is how our ships work, and it's not one of our ships. That's right. There's a, uh, there are a couple more points, uh, interesting points made by Vinny Parmesan. I, I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> I think we should stick with yeah. it. Yeah. Technology was a race between nations after World War II. If only if this thing was made, it would have been used in some form of a ploy against the enemies of Russia. The single crash could have been created to help keep other nations from looking at what Russia could really be doing. Look in this direction while we do something, some shady shit in this opposite direction over here. 
Like many nations, Russia has its own secrets. What really happened on six on Hill 611 that night might be one of them. Yeah, that's that's actually something a lot of people don't know about. When World War II happened, the Allies and the Axis, right? They would share information. We would share information with our allies, and Germany would share information with their allies. Japan, yeah. Russia ended up becoming our ally for a minute. Towards the end, right? yes. Sharing information. But as soon as it ended, every nation, every single nation on this planet, literally shut themselves off from the next. Because, yeah, we defeated the Nazis, but... At what cost, though, too? The Americans then realized, oh, my God, the Russians could technically be unstoppable. They could take over the entire European nations, and there's nothing we could do about it. Yeah. So that's what happened. Like, the secrecy became so thick. That's kind of how the KGB started in the Strauss secrecy, too. And a lot of cities were lost. So when you lose when you lose cities or towns or whatever the the history of that city the history of the towns that all disappears. Germany, so you for could, instance, it was split in two. Right. So you can technically create ev- anything you want. Also. Yeah. <clears throat> We're gonna jump forward just a little bit. In 1993, a Russian ufologist and scientist and author, uh, Gendry Belanov, Belanov comes forward with his opinion on this incident. He states that it is a military probe as well. What makes his claim slightly different would be the documentation of other crash probes he uses as a reference. He also believes that the findings of this ship were actually placed there from another ship. He states that all of the medals were actually found at a separate location and then brought to Hill 611. Seems like a lot of work. That's just his theory. Right. I mean, we, we have some pretty far out theories so far. I mean, do you do you spend the money and manpower to? I guess you could to like cover something up. You could, if it's Russia. Right. So I, what what have we covered up in like the U.S. though too? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, true. Yeah, we've covered up a lot of stuff. That's right. We've wasted a lot of money. Yeah, that's right. We've been over this. It is kind of fascinating to think that this case being debunked years later, the claims are made to do uh, to make some clear and coherent points to what really landed. Instead of coming out and saying we don't know, the news comes out and tells us it's aliens. It's only after the evidence is gone do people come out of the woodwork to make their claim. We do give Russia and its people some credit. They do not backtrack, which is very important. Or state it's a weather balloon, which is also, again, very, very important. Very important. It's, all, it's only years after do the experts think that these objects were made in-house, made which in Russia. Is, which is weird. It is weird because at the point in the beginning, we didn't think when all these experts were going to the site that they thought their initial thoughts on this was it was from Russia. But now right. it's only maybe 30 years, whatever, 10 years later, whatever it is years later – now we're think these experts are thinking, hey, uh, yeah, we did it. Because for, because I'd understand it if Russia came out and said, I mean, the Russian government came out and said, hey, look, it was one of ours. This is what happened, and they themselves are covering it up, right? For Russia to come out and say, hey, it's alien, and then have all these experts go, no. 
No, they're making that up. They don't want people to know they had drones. Yeah. What? Yeah. So it's the total opposite of what we we did. Hey, it's a weather balloon. It's not alien. These guys don't want them to know that we have they have drones. So it's like, yeah, it's alien. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's a good way to distract hide something. Yeah. Say it's aliens. Say say it's aliens, and then like everyone's like, oh, okay. Yeah. In the modern era, Russian UFO researchers have come up with a solid idea to what really crashed. These researchers seem to think that this object was some sort of recon balloon. Uh, Hold with me for a second. They think that this object that fell was an aerostat. This This object was also equipped with technology that gave it the ability to take infrared photos. So it's a sort of camera. It's an aerial camera, basically, on a weather, on a sort of balloon. Due to the object's slow and silent speed, this theory does seem a little plausible. Even with the new generations looking into the details of this case, no one really knows the true ob- origins of this object. They don't say weather balloon, but they say... <laughs> Listen, they say balloon. They say balloon <laughs> with a camera. Now, so weather balloon. okay, weather so balloon. that's more believable, honestly. That's a little believable. It's more believable because it's technically a spy balloon. But it's a right. recon balloon, right? That's right. With an infrared camera sort of set up on it. But the problem I have is the crash site was so vast. And where, like, there's one crash site because it, like, ricocheted. It went up again. And then went up again. To me, it doesn't seem like a balloon could do that. Like, come well, and down the, and... The, the amount of heat. Right. We talked about that. Butane or natural gases burn at a very high heat. This thing... Could not generate that heat, even if it crashed. No. So, like, it's almost like they're trying to come up with things. Years Just, late. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There is yet another theory to what crashed. This theory suggests that it was a NATO probe. Vinny Parmesan states that even NATO <laughs> recon balloons self-destruct. At one point, NATO did fill their, fill their probes with TNT, and when they did land, those did explode. That is until one of these probes landed in a house in Russia and blew it up. No one was home, but you can imagine that kind of phone call. <laughs> so what's off? What's what's awesome is NATO. NATO is supposed to be like peacekeepers. Yeah. So you got you got the yeah. the peacekeepers actually blowing up people's houses in Russia. In Russia. After that incident, NATO used uh, thermite in their probes. We can only imagine a single balloon blow, blowing up someone's house. Oh my god! Hey, uh, honey, uh, what happened to the house? Well, balloon hit well. it. Well, it's Russia, so we're fine. <laughs> Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Come on. Yeah. Like, but but that's the thing. So right there, right there, NATO has to come out and say, hey, look, Russia, we spied on you, and we actually blew up a house. That's our bad. Yeah. Like, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> With everything we kind of gone over, it's now be kind of becoming kind of hard to tell what really happened. Witnesses and scientists have very conflicting opinions when it comes to this case. Witnesses state that they saw one thing, while scientists and experts were like, no, bro, you didn't see that. The evidence is one key factor. There's one. uh, The evidence is one key factor that does not lie. It could have been a Russian probe. Sure. But it also does not seem very likely. This incident still has 
people like us talking about it years and years after the fact. The, the other thing is when it comes to scientists, scientists won't believe anything unless it can be proven. Evidence. Where the average Joe. Or a skeptic. Or, or whatever. They'll, be, they'll believe anything until you can prove that it's not. Yeah. <clears throat> and the thing is, if, you, if you're in that mindset of it could be, right? To me, this could be extraterrestrial. So you really have to come at me with some evidence. Something. Saying, hey, no, this was man-made. Obviously, they can't. No. I mean, so far we've heard of two balloons. Again, balloons. balloons. Not weather balloons, but balloons that the, have capability of yes, exploding. The only one that was so far that came close was the Russian probe. Yeah. that That's pretty believable. It's close. But... When you start bringing in, like, balloons don't do that much damage. Even if it has TNT, TNT on it. It's not going to blow. It's not going to heat up. It's not going to heat up, hit the ground, bounce back up, hit the ground again, and then explode. Well, when it explodes, too, it's not going to cause that much damage. And it's not going to affect the plant and uh, animal life nearby right. years later. Years later, right. An explosion may affect it, sure, for five, ten minutes, but not three or four years down the road like we talked about in the last episode, too. Yeah, it's just it, To me, it's just you, you have these scientists that just can't – This, it's almost because they can't prove that it's real. So they have to make people believe Anything. what they believe. Yeah, in. that's right. We have yet another theory about this incident from a researcher named Vladimir Smoly. He believes that this object was created for entertainment or promotional reasons. Just listen to this one. This theory does not take the tail of the object into consideration. The tail this object showed while moving is one, one clear indication that this thing was not a balloon. Balloons don't have tails. Let's think about this theory. We have no clear evidence to back it. There is also not any promotional or entertaining thing in the sky at that location talked about among any of the locals. So this theory just sounds like it's some personal guy's theory that he was like, well, they're doing it for PR. I don't know. I, it Because it it's so far away from things. So I get what he's trying to say, but it's just it's an isolated mountain town, though. What, right? When, if if you're doing pre-R promotional material, you want it in the larger scale <laughs> area where there's more people, not this small town in the middle of Russia. Yeah, I'd be okay if it if it was like in a city. Yeah. Then, it, then it's like okay, it's believable that maybe it was some sort of plane pulling something. That but makes sense. If it's in the middle of nowhere, who, yeah. Who are they? Yeah. <laughs> In the town of Kovarvist, Kovarvist, four hundred miles, four hundred miles south of Dalnorsk, something weird happens. In 1991, a report is published. Within this report, they talk about an object appearing at this location. This object is described as fiery, and it is witnessed on August 24th, 1978. So this predates this incident, huh. but the information is only coming out in 1991. This object was around four feet in size. This all this object is also made a clear whoosh-like sound, uh, the sound similar to it, like a jet engine, and the entire area lit up like it was daylight. 
So almost pretty close to the same thing. Well, the other ones didn't make a sound, remember? Right, no sound, but it was very, very bright, bright and That's right. hot. That's right. The object descended at a slow pace while at the same time lighting up this fiery kind of light. Somehow there is some sort of explosion and all of the nearby soil gets burned. Does this sound familiar? Mm-hmm. At this location, it was a wet area, so that makes it a little bit more odd. After this incident, a coal-like substance was found at this location. Within this coal-like substance were small, like, pinholes, and through the pinholes you could see glass-like objects. This incident dates back eight years before the Russian Roswell incident, too. This incident does sound like the object that did fall at Hill 611. If it didn't, it's very close to that object. Very close. This incident gives us a slightly different type of evidence, so that is interesting. Ten years after this incident occurs, the area is still burnt and barren. So it's almost like because people have been doing research on 611, they're actually running into all these other little stories that are similar. Yes. Which is kind of neat. Because who knows, like, you know, they're pretty forthcoming with what incidents happen, but because these are such low populated areas, I don't think news travels that fast. That fast. No. So this that happened in seventy eight, right? That's right. We only they only heard about it in ninety one. Ninety one. Right. So it's one of those, oh let's look into the six eleven thing, try to figure it out, and all of a sudden it's like, oh what what's this story? That's right. Eyewitnesses of this event report that this object flew off just before said explosion. No trace of this object was found. The locals claim this area is also an, an, an anomalous zone. Investigators state that this strain, strange incidents would occur years after this object came by. No one has been able to see this incident in true due to the military sealing off this entire area. Investigators have looked at Hill 611 for a complete comparison. The second landing at Hill 611 and this incident are very similar like we've just discussed. At this incident, though, there were mutations found within the plant and nearby wildlife. Mutations. That's right. <clears throat> and at 611, there wasn't any, right? It just... Uh, there were some... Uh, no mutations, but it like kept everything away. Yes, it kept the bugs away. Yes. And it interfered with some of the organic life, but it didn't mutate. You're right. So, so again, it's like, is it... Is it some nuclear? nuclear? Yeah. Like, where one one site, you know, just keeps things away, where the other site mutates? Because, I mean, they've done research at, like, Chernobyl. And things mutated. Because there's still creatures and, like, there's wild dogs that run around and stuff. They all have some sort of mutation, mutation because yeah. of the, the stuff. In the year 2000, there is yet another take on the incident at Hill 611. A newspaper called the Komisol, Skaya Priva, writes an article. This article states that within the 1990s, the Russian government became so distraught that they offered to work hand-in-hand with UFO researchers, which is kind of neat. There are two key rare points uh, within what we just talked about. There is a new source talking about aliens in the government. The second rare thing that we have is that the Russian government really wanted to help with something. 
most governments, they're like, our government no. anyway doesn't want help with anything. Nope. The go- Russian government really has it in place, again, with UFOs. They, they are able to handle their shit a little bit better. It, it, again, it's because they... I think it's also because they want to know more than, let's say, the United States. Where, because the United States doesn't like to announce things they don't like to announce oh we have this many sightings or this or or that they keep it all secret so now we don't know anything russia wants to know everything yeah so why not put it out there collect as much information as you can Mm -hmm. soak it in i love the fact that they're working with researchers yeah ufo researchers that's great like the united states would they're they're all kooks yeah you know UFO researchers in the United States are kooks. Yeah. That's what they are. Yeah. Um, or they're discredited. Or di- Yeah, or they're discredited. If you mention aliens or the fact that you're interested in it or something, you're, you're a weirdo. Yeah. Where, like, in Russia... You're probably a celebrity. You're, you're like, oh, dude, you're a, you're a researcher? Yeah. Tell, tell me more. Another article comes out, this time written by Yai Vasif. Uh, they actually try to discredit all the work done by the lead researcher on this Hill 611 case. This article claims that all the work done by the team was solid. They did get an A for effort. The key thing they try to kind of push out out there is that Dr. Savini, uh, Savini Healy only brought, uh, thought of the term aliens or alien years after the fact and did not directly use that term or related terms in her first exposure to the incident. Huh. As time would pass, people <laughs> in Russia would care less and less about the working case of Hill 611. Well, so that's another thing. If you're really forthcoming with something, it gets boring after a while. Yeah. If you, if you look at what we've done now... Less is more. Where we, we've come out... The United States have come out and said, hey, there's aliens, there's UFOs, blah, blah, blah. It is so silent in the news. Yeah. Right? We haven't so seen, I haven't seen anything in you, a while. You don't. You have to dig for it. It's – I think it's it's to the point now where we kind of have an idea, right, that it's, it's boring. Yeah. I think it's mostly because it's all speculation. There's not enough evidence. Even if there is a lot of evidence. Is you, it true you, evidence? You, you're right. Is it true? Do you... Like, seeing is believing most of it, so... We now are at the midpoint of this episode, and we're shutting the case on Hill 611. There are so many theories of what did or didn't happen when it comes to this case and or cases related to it. The entertainment theory is probably the wildest one that we can kind of hear of. We also talked about the incident in 1978 and how that could have been the earliest sighting in Russia to date. This next segment um, and the next episode will really be focused on another major Russian Waswell case. So this episode's kind of a twofer. The first half was really about finishing off the hill, uh, the incident at Hill 611, and we're going to be talking about a new case in this next coming segment. <clears throat> so so what do you think of Hill 611 while we kind of transition? I kind of I get now that I'm thinking about it, all right, the, the whole, like, it was a PR thing. I guess it really depends on what they're... If they're using a blimp... Again, yeah. 
the Hindenburg, when that crashed, that was huge. That was huge, yes. So, I mean, if they didn't use the right fuel or whatever and it crashed, it could have burned up pretty hot and yeah. stuff like that, but... I still don't. But a blimp wouldn't go that in cold weather, though, right? It was it was a cold. It was as cold you, as today. Yeah, you can do blimps in cold weather. Really? Yeah. I would, but it's I, it's the type of fuel that it is. Uh, okay. You got to keep things hot. Hot. Um, but as long as like the temperature inside the blimp is hotter than the air outside, it will work. Work. It will yeah. flow. So now we're going to be talking about um, the tongue. Ton- Gunsta crash. Now, this incident that we've been exploring uh, for the rest of the episode is also called Russia's Waswell incident. Now, we're going to talk about an incident that took place in 1908, the oldest date uh, in Russian UFO history so far that we can find, the Tungunsta crash. An object pushed through the air over Siberia on June 30th, 1908. What makes this incident already interesting would be the fact that 1,300 miles of forest were flattened out within, without a single crater or no clear evidence to what causes this incident to occur. A hundred years after the incident, modern scientists are still confused to what the hell really happened that day. Some people have kind of put a claim that this was caused by a UFO explosion. Now, I've seen pictures of this. And know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of a, uh, like, a volcano exploding. Hmm. Just not as, like, the lava, but, you know, when they push those clouds out and it just flattens stuff. That's what it looked like. All the trees are just, like, folded over. Yeah. But there's... Nothing wrong with the ground at all. No. Like everything, or or almost like... A crop circle, how we, certain we things have, are bent. We have straight, what they call straight line winds. Yeah. Where it's not really a tornado. It's like these high-powered forced winds that just come through in a straight line and they'll fold trees over. But the amount of trees that are folded 1300 over... 1,300 miles worth? Yeah, that's it's a insane. lot. That's a lot. But yeah, I remember uh, seeing pictures of it, and I was like, wow, this is crazy. As time has gone by and more and more scientists have given thought to what could have really happened, some have come to a theory. The ship's energy source malfunctioned. Many of the people who studied this case in depth have also died. Uh, What few would survive would die off from old age, or Russia killed them off, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people even question if Tungsta was hit by anything at all. The Tungsta is an area with trees all swamp around it and large uh, trees. And, of course, mosquito. And, so it's kind of like a swamp. Think of, like, Florida. Yeah. Florida-like swamp area. Getting to this remote area is a difficult trek. At this location, I, uh, they have local tribe, indigenous people that also live there, too. So what I wanted to do, like, I, these are the pictures that I saw. Oh, yeah. Look at these. So I, I have not seen these. I You've <coughs> probably seen these. Yeah, so these are the ones I've seen. These here. Oh, they're flat. This is wow. also just... Now, there's a... I can't remember what show it was, but they actually went to this site. Yeah. 
nothing in this this area here, this round area where there's no trees. Yeah. You can plant trees in this area and they won't grow. They just they die. It's, bar- it's barren. Yeah, we talked about that on the the but last segment. It has as well. some sort of weird uh, paranormal effect on people. Hmm. Um, like it also causes like dizziness if you're in there, stuff like that. It's weird. It's it's like it's it's radioactive almost. But yeah, these are these are the pictures of all the trees just like pushed down hills and they're all they're all perfect. Yeah. They're flat and perfect. Sym- symmetrical almost. Symmetrically cut. Also looks like uh like a nuke. Hmm. You know what I mean? If a nuke without the of course like fireball because none of these were on fire or anything, but if you were to set off a nuke in a wooded area a lot of the trees would burn down, but the ones that were away from the they would get impacted. Blast, yeah, they would just be flattened, pushed right from down. the impact. Yeah. So here we go. Boom. Uh, there, these people are <coughs> small. The local people are small in population and have around two thousand people that live in this area. Within nineteen oh eight, in particular, weird astronomical and astro uh, astro uh, atmospheric things occurred. An astrophysicist states that solar activity was also higher than normal. Why? Uh, Katev writes an article for NLO magazine in 1997 talking about the skies over Russia prior to the event in 1908. Within the article, uh, Kopatev discusses a clear morning on February 22nd. In the town of Brest, people witnessed a bright, V-shaped object. This object was seen in the northeastern sky. This object was also moving in the northern direction. Little details about this object makes it stand out from others, except for one key detail. This object would grow in size and, and the brightness of the object would dim. That's a little weird. After 30 minutes or so, this object was no longer visible. This object had appeared and disappeared just as fast as it had arrived. That's strange. That's really strange. So, of course, if it's you can tell what shape it is, V shaped. That's right. And if it dims and brightens up, it's definitely not like an asteroid. Well, this is also 1908 too. Right. People would have been freaking the fuck yeah. out. In April, another strange incident takes place. A large meteorite crashes down by some small uh, railroad tracks. A train that was full of passengers was at a steady speed, came to a halt because the brakes were hit. This odd kind of rock fell in the uh, Kolvishya uh, province in the Novo district. I'm not going to butcher yeah. that. Novo district. Novo works. Yeah. yeah. Once the train had come to a full stop, all of the passengers rushed outside to gander at the crash. The meteorite slammed deep into the ground. A small uh, section of this thing was visible. This thing, uh, the way this thing landed was almost like an iceberg. You're only seeing like the top surface of it, basically, while the rest is underneath in the ground. Have you ever, has that ever happened to you, though? Like, let's say you're digging in the backyard and you hit a rock and it's like, oh, I need to get this rock out. Yeah. And then it's like. What the hell? The rock ends up being like 200 pounds, it's and you like, just had like this little corner of it? Yeah. I've never done No. But it's happened to me. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially like, you know, digging up old plants or something. Yeah. 
Like you're just digging out all the roots, and it's like, oh, I gotta get this rock out too. That I'm. And hitting. then it's your foundation. And you're then digging it's like, up. What is this? The uh, large space rock was strange because the color made this rock stand out. Every single day, Earth is hit with 17 meteorites, and seeing something land would be a sight unto itself. These people were stunned when they approached this rock and noticed the color was off. This meteor meteorite was not like most people had seen before. It was white. And in 1909, it rained meteorites through the east. Three times the number of meteorites fell in, uh, sorry, 1908, not 1909, than in any other year. Wow. Yep. What's, see, this is the kind of stuff I want to know, like, now. <laughs> yeah. Because no one talks about that now. No. White meteorites? We never heard of them. I've never heard of no. a white meteorite. Every time I've seen a picture of a meteorite, it kind of looks like a, a normal rock. Because There's, it's iron and right. it's compressed. Oop. There there are some things like you get like veiny type yeah. of stuff running through but it. White? But white? No. Is that a little racist though? White. We've never seen a white. <laughs> never seen, I've never seen a white, white rock. <laughs> there are more weird occurrences within 1908 that take place in the world, but more so in Russia. June 17th, residents of this town witnessed something out of the ordinary. These people witnessed the northern lights. Meanwhile, people in another town of Orlovkaya witnesses see uh, weird silver clouds appear in the sky. In the suburb of Yuyev City, the people are shocked when they see purple clouds at sunrise. If I remember correctly, when you see the Northern Lights, it has to do with, like, the magnetic field and stuff like that. So I'm wondering if maybe certain ships or if a meteorite is carrying something different. Like, maybe the two kind of are connected. Yeah. So besides having weird ships, we also have uh, meteorites. Now we have weird weather. 1908 just seems like an overall weird year for Russia when it comes to all this sort of phenomenon that's taking place. A purple sunrise can also be a typical thing. Uh, This happens when a low-pressure system moves over the Atlantic, causing the uh, the rising air over the sea. This creates more salt that is pushed into the atmosphere. This is why we'll get a purple sky. Oh, okay. All right. A little bit of science there. A little bit of science there. That's right. 1908 also showcases even more weird weather. That year, a very heavy snowfall came down in Switzerland, and and from that, followed by a melt of horrible flooding. In the Serbian city of Irsk, over 1,500 earthquakes also took place. These earthquakes ranged in sizes. When uh, someone spoke to the locals, they had... uh, they said that they had never had any earthquakes to report ever. The, so so the, you go from none, yeah, to all of a sudden like fifteen hundred. That's correct. That's kind of that's kind of screwed up. But the locals <laughs> said that nothing's happened. Huh. The only thing that locals did report is a loud thunder-like sound coming from uh, nearby, uh, but it was a perfectly clear day for miles. Wow, that's strange. That's really strange. The observatory director studied uh, 60 various reports and concluded that all of these earthquakes were somehow connected to and or related to 
the event that took place in Tanunska. June 30th, the ground started shaking at 7.19 at a.m. The, at the observatory, they measured three of these waves of shaking wave, uh, earthquakes. At the observatory, they were all anxious to determine the origin of these waves. They had all managed to trace the waves back to Tananska again. The last wave was felt at 7.46 a.m., a half hour after the Tananska event. Huh. So it had to have been something... Underground? Getting like off a signal? To, to sit there and to feel waves 30 minutes afterwards... That's impressive. Yeah. Because um, shockwave. Just just recently, there was that volcano that exploded in uh, the middle of the Pacific. Yeah. And it was like an hour after it exploded, people were still feeling the shockwaves or even hearing the sound, which is insane. So this would have to be something huge. That, that hit, maybe? Yeah. We're now coming to an end of part three of Russian Roswell, and we have moved on to another case, the Tenenska case of 1908. We have just touched the surface of the event, and we are already beginning to talking about weird earthquake waves. It almost sounds like something fell to earth deep and is giving out some sort of single underground, and we're unable to detect it at that time because it's still 1908. There, The more we dive into these incidents the stranger Russia becomes with alien cases or sightings anyway. Uh, stay tuned because we're going to be continuing this series with part four. Oh, it's so good. See, that's why it's a twofer. <laughs> so we yep. started with one and then we're finishing on the other. So if you actually go to Expedition Unknown. Yep. Which uh, I've I, seen that I a little fair, that fair about. Yeah. They're the ones that did the, the Tanuskan, uh, the area where all the trees are gone. Okay. They're, they're the ones that actually went there and felt some weird things, videotaped. It's a very odd area now because just nothing grows there except for, like, some grass. So since this is a twofer episode, which incident do you think is more plausible? Hill 611 or the very little we know about the Tanunska incident? I think they both are, definitely. I think there's more evidence for the Tanuska event mm -hmm. than there is for 611. There's more physical evidence for Hill 611 though, like the, the metallic right, the stuff. the little metallic yeah, and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. But it's hard to find like photographic proof where what's funny is the Tanuska case, 1908, and there's so many pictures. That's right. You know what I mean? So it's, it's one of those things where is this before they started shielding people? That would make sense. That would kind of make sense. Because but I, th I think there's there's definitely evidence for both to be a very plausible thing that, you know, both had some sort of crash. They're also, both of them are referred to as Russia's Roswell incident. That's the thing, too. So maybe <coughs> on the Tanaska taste, we'll, we'll find out more information. But the fact that they're both called Russian Roswell, that's a little weird. It is a little weird. The other thing is, I would not consider this a Roswell, either yeah. either one. Yeah. And the reason for that is, there's not enough secrecy. They are so forthcoming with so stuff. So open about it. Yeah. So open that, to me, when you hear Roswell, you hear conspiracy, like, things come to mind. That's conspiracy, right. Conspiracy, government cover-up. Aliens. Where, weather balloons. Where this, this is, this is the total opposite. Yeah. Right? 
This is like, hey, what is this? Help us. Can we figure this out? These that these are what it's not. That this is what it could be. This is what it could be though. And this yeah. But this is the list of like this is not what it is. Mm-hmm. That to me is amazing. So it's like, I I, I kind of get what they mean because it's this weird thing that happened that can't be explained. So that's I guess that's why they call it Roswell. But I would not consider this Roswell because there's no conspiracy behind it. There's no maybe they're considering it Roswell because it has to do with aliens. That's the that only could, that could be or right. beings or things they can't explain. Maybe they're kind of pushing that all together and just saying, "Hey, it is Russian Roswell because we can't explain it." Yeah, okay, I get that. But yeah, that's <laughs> all we have for uh, Russian Roswell Part Three. Yeah, so if you like what you hear, follow us on Facebook, Captivated Minds, Instagrams at Minds Captivated, email us Captivated Minds Two at Gmail dot com. Everything's listed in the show notes, including our Instagrams. If you also listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any other platforms that have podcasts, make sure to turn on your notifications so when you get up to date on new episodes. Yeah, so thank you all for listening. Thank you.